sat here with Karen Porritt, otherwise known as my mother, <laughs> otherwise known as Mama P to most people in Berlin and on the internet. Um, she's been doing astrology for probably over 30 years now. Yes. And um, it's something that I've probably only taken an interest in in the past few years. Um, actually, since I came back from Berlin one winter for Christmas and you did a solo return for both me and my friend Charlotte and uh, correctly sort of predicted her pregnancy and several things that happened in my year and after that I was sold and I was excellent okay (laughs) I'm I'm into astrology now Uh and um finally yeah since then I've Mm -hmm. kind of um found myself more interested in the many layers so it started off with the moon cycles and uh, reading things on mystic mama watching Kay patcher's videos and then recently i've been getting more and more into natal charts and uh, providing readings for other people but it's so multi-layered that it's still still is even bewildering for me at times um but how did you first get into astrology like what drew you to astrology um I think it was Linda Goodman Linda Goodman's star signs but I think that I read her book because I feel that there has to be order to the universe there has to be a reason why things are the way they are and I was looking for meaning and some way of understanding life as it was presented to me so I was uh, I lived in London and I was in mysteries in Covent Garden looking at all their books and over the course of time I, I found Linda and many others um, about books about her karma, reincarnation, numerology, tarot, tarot cards, runestones, eating coins. I literally studied every form of divination possible because I was looking for answers and I believed that in any given moment, you you must be able to find guidance or an answer in some way, whether from within or using a medium of tarot or um, stones or something. And then actually when, um, before you were born, I was actually doing a lot of numerology and looking at your intended, your potential, t- you know, um, birthday. <laughs> and hoping that you wouldn't be born on, uh, you know, something like a, a 22, 26, <laughs> an 8 or a 4 because they seem like heavy karmic numbers. But obviously my understanding of those things are different now because, you know, they're actually master numbers, you know, numbers of mastery, some of those things, you know. All those people so, yeah. those so, so literally <laughs> you were born on every number I'd hoped you weren't born on. <laughs> like the 26, which adds to the 8. Um, I can't remember what your um, whole uh, number is, but, you know, yeah, it's a 26 and an 8 and uh, and possibly uh, a 22 and a 4 as well. I can't remember now, but, like, I remember thinking, oh. So (laughs) (laughs) I then, I think that um, through Linda Goodman and the star signs, you know, I wanted to know more about that, you know. um, I wanted to know, I I used to read astrology like Patrick Walker, um, and things like that and I wanted 
to know more about astrology. I wanted to be able to cast a chart for myself and look deeper than just the sun sign astrology. So I did take like a basic course in astrology. I think it was the Mayo School of Astrology at the time, like did a basic written course so that, you know, before the advent of the internet and everything, I could actually cast a chart and I knew where the sun should be in a, you know, for a, a morning, an evening, a noon or a midnight birth time, you know, because you need to know that because even if you draw a chart up like we can do now on astrocom you you wouldn't know if you'd made a mistake or not if you didn't know where things should be at if for a certain birth time like a 6am birth time should the sun should be near the ascendant and things like that so it went from there so then my um then i discovered equinox the astrology shop in covent garden and literally went through hundreds of books <laughs> on astrology probably you know um karmic astrology, spiritual astrology, any kind of astrology book, you know, or um, books on eclipses, you know, I literally was so hungry for information, I couldn't read fast enough. So and then I discovered uh, Jeffrey Wolfsgreen's Pluto book. And that, for me was when it really began to make sense, because that is evolutionary astrology and that is based on the journey of the soul from lifetime to lifetime so pluto in the chart is the soul and the nodes are the the south node and the north node of the soul and their rulers are described the soul's past and the soul's intended journey forward and what challenges that you know you as a soul in the body here now have in this lifetime so that is um that is what I base my astrology on now because, you know, years later, I then, I don't, I don't even know how, but suddenly there was, there was an astrology school in England, um, in uh, Reading with my now lovely friend Kitty, who is uh, an amazing evolutionary astrologer herself and a medical astrologer, and Mark Jones, who's now written books and, you know, goes all over the world teaching astrology. Those were my teachers for astrology school, evolutionary astrology school. Um, in two parts I can't even remember what year but it was so intense it took years to process the information from that but as with everything over time it does sink in and over the practice of doing probably thousands of charts you get it it just sinks in and you and you get it and then from there I probably even though I base my astrology on evolutionary astrology and that is the foundation of it the you get your own insights. I have my own way of doing things from my own intuition and my own higher guidance in terms of reading a chart. And then later on became completely fascinated with more predictive astrology like the solar return and the transits and progressions and things like that. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's how it <laughs> Long story. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just a passion, you know, and, and from seeing people uh, being astonished at what you can tell them from just the basics of their Pluto and nodes in the chart, you know, like their fundamental reason for being here is described in those factors. And then it makes sense then why everything else is where it is, because it's simply backing up the story, you know, helping you do what this fundamental thing is that you do. They call it the karmic axis, but, you know, it's 
the all the other stuff in the chart is basically helping you do what this main thing is so you can understand why it's there why you've chosen to be born at this time in this place and come into you know come into your body at this time because this is what you're doing you know this is where you've entered the fabric of life and because this is what you're doing so you know and then of course there is synastry and composite charts which is like what are you doing with this other person and what is the nature or the intended evolution of that relationship it just goes on and on and it's completely fascinating and then there's all sorts of other predictive you know methods as well your solar arcs and things like that you can just go on and on but and like Alex said there are layers layers you know because the more you look the more you find the more you find the more you look it just deepens you know there are there's just always another depth to what you're looking at you get better at it because you get more experienced at it and you can correlate you know the charts that you've looked at with the experiences you get you know extra info from the work you've already done as it were you know a collection of data yeah. as it were i think that's also another thing of how each person each astrologer interprets the same chart differently definitely and not just because there's all the different um is it that whole house and yeah yeah exactly different ways of pulling up a chart but just i think maybe based on your own personal perspective and experience you view the information or you um sort of transmute the information differently as someone else would but ultimately, it's telling the same story, but in a different yeah, in way. Yeah, in a different way. In a di- it is a language, really, and I guess we all speak it differently, but it is a perspective as well. It's a lens and a perspective. So, you know, if someone has a, a, a certain perspective, they're going to interpret the data through that perspective, aren't they? I pretty much set myself aside and allow myself to be an open channel for my own higher wisdom when I'm doing these things although I have got all the foundational technical knowledge so you know it's like anything it's like music you know there's a whole collection of notes and that make you know but that makes up the music doesn't it there's the notes and there's the music so I don't know you need you need the tech you need to know what the technicalities are to for the music to flow as it were you know so when you're looking at someone's chart so not aside from say the solar return um if someone wants an actual full reading in terms of their natal chart what is it that you sort of look for or are mainly focusing on Uh, okay the house and sign of pluto because uh that is you know the bottom line the soul's fundamental sense of um security is in that house and sign of pluto however the uh you as a soul are actually looking to evolve to the opposite point of pluto to find balance in that so you say you have a seventh house pluto you might have a compulsive need or want you know early on to be engaged in relationships you might not feel that you know your life can go on unless you have a relationship but actually you'll probably have a great deal of um, intensive work to do in relationships and you know uh, but possibly some you know endings that maybe you weren't expected you know there'll be a lot of heavy work going on in relationship but the reason for that is that you are going to need to learn who you are standing on your own 
and when you've got that balance you are ready for a relationship because you, you're not going to give yourself up or over compromise yourself to be in a relationship so that's like the bottom line and then for example the south node would be you know how you have been attempting to do that in your prior lives so um say you know um if your if your south node is in the first house that's a bit of a paradox because you've already done obviously quite a bit of work on being solo selfish you know as such necessarily sometimes um it, you're trying to then balance the first house and the seventh house kind of dynamics which is who am i in relation to other people when is it right to give when is it right not to give how do i honor myself in this situation so you know and then the south node ruler would be somewhere aiding and abetting this process as it were and then your north node would be telling you how you are going to reach forward and grow so you know your north node and your north node ruler are going to point to an area where you are going to be able to get to this opposite point of pluto so that you can balance this whole dynamic and then you know as i said before the all the other factors will kind of be assisting you as well you know they're part of the bigger picture they're where they are for a reason and they will be helping you out but often in a chart the same thing is said in a myriad of different ways as it were you know like um i don't know like say uh say uh, um mercury in the um i don't know I, i'm not making a very good example here but like like you know often things will be backed up like a yeah. house and a sign and a house and a sign you know would be helping giving the same yeah. message because i've noticed yeah. that when i do the full readings so um because for me i'm still um acclimatizing to astrology and understanding it and because it's so multi-layered i'm kind of scratching at the surface in a way so <laughs> in a way i am only f usually focusing on say the chiron wounding and then as you say the the north the north node and the south node um but then what i find is if i do a full length reading where i go into each of the placements you do feel a little bit like you're repeating yourself yeah. because everything yeah. actually speaks to the same thing everything backs same everything message else in up. a different way yeah. yeah yeah that's very true yeah so yeah. with pluto because my understanding of pluto is in terms of what sign it's in that's generational isn't it it is yeah so yeah. how long does pluto stay in a sign is it i think it's Oh, I can't remember. But it, <laughs> a long time. It, it, it takes something like moving. 200 and uh, I think it's 20 something years per sign or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when in that instance, when you're doing a reading and you're focusing on Pluto, obviously we'll, it will differ in house per person. But in terms of it being generational, so my Pluto is in Scorpio, and yeah. I know obviously the majority of people in my age bracket obviously have Pluto in Scorpio as well. Yeah. So how, why do we focus so heavily on that if it's so generational? Well, <clears throat> that's how life evol has evolved, isn't it? So, you know, my generation before me, Pluto in Leo, that was all me, 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 me. You know, they were f kind of like um, 
fully developed in terms of self-expression you know like but they kind of there's a tendency with Pluto and Leo they might think that they're God you know their creativity is coming from them and not through them so after you know in response to that generation and that generation having done their work and re and do evolve to the polarity point of Aquarius where they realize that you know they in order to f they need to balance this sense of creativity to fit into the the group somewhere as it were they the, as a result of that work having been done the children or you know the next the, the next level of uh, growing onwards from that is like Pluto in Virgo so Virgo is like really highly self-critical feels like they're at the bottom of the pile in a way you know like they're kind of servants or you know in crisis or you know Pluto and Leo full of themselves Pluto in Virgo you know like now it's like oh I'm not good enough you know I'm very humble I'm not good enough I'm, I'm in a crisis you know I need to analyze myself to the bone to find some purity you know I feel like I've done something wrong and I need to atone for it it's that kind of energy so you know in response to that then we've got you know the, the the purified soul is then ready for relationship so we've got Pluto in Libra you know they're all about unfinished business in relationships you know they've probably had many relationships in the past they might have a compulsive need to be involved in relationships they're trying to find balance as it were so they're trying to balance self with other so and then as a result of that you know the balanced soul is ready for Scorpio which is like um, you know more a, a, a more uh, a deeper form of relationship really it's like all or nothing you know but it's also like um it, it's like looking for the mysteries beyond where is the power coming from like what is the power beyond the physical you know like and how can i get some of that power into myself that kind of thing so you know it got it kind of go, go pluto in scorpio uh, is also looking at the dark side of life as well you know so it's kind of moved on you know so then you so, so that's why generations move on you know like children are more possibly potentially more evolved than their parents aren't they they've seen yeah. what their parents done and they're like hmm don't think i do it that way i think i try it another way and that's how things grow and change and you know the pluto is has gone on in that way too you know like the pluto libra scorpio sag cup it's it shows the growing that you know life has done as it were through the people who are the children who are born into it you know they are hopefully more evolved they have already done pluto in leo way back and now they're at capricorn you know <laughs> so yeah. it's like that really it's like a growing process everything changes everything grows you know everything moves along because you've had the experience of what it is here you can move along to here you know it's just growing really yeah. even it's evolution really so then you know obviously the uh, then that pluto is in a house which is you know describes the uh, the where that work is happening for that soul as it were you know so because pluto's about transformation total transformation like you know complete things will never be the same again transformation yeah really bottom line transformation so where it's showing yeah. up in your chart is essentially where what you personally do the work and tra to transform yeah the deepest form of transformation for you i think this is where it's where i would start you know this is where we're looking first because but what's the point of that what is the reason for that so evolutionary astrology gave me the reason why things were where they were you know and where to start looking for that it's just changed everything really it's brilliant so to explain to people who i suppose 
don't necessarily have an understanding of astrology or only really know astrology in terms of horoscopes or their um, their sun sign. Um, firstly, can you explain, um, not obviously like in depth because it would be too much, but in a <laughs> basic <laughs> understanding of how astrology works in a really like okay simplistic it's a map so it's a map of the heavens at the time you drew your first breath so you know that would produce something called an ascendant which is basically where you enter life as it were and that's your rising that is your rising sign yeah so from there everything else fits into that map it starts with the ascendant and everything fits into there really so it's it is just, you know, a description of the heavens at the time you drew your first breath or, you know, some people don't know the birth time and I can use like a pendulum to ask, you know, for that birth time with their permission. Yeah, to douse for that <coughs> birth time. So I don't know why they don't always record birth times, but they seem to record death times because to me it'd be more useful to have a recorded, <laughs> a recorded birth time. You know, some countries do it automatically, but yeah. I think it's a good thing, you know. And so we've got, essentially, I always describe the chart, the natal chart, um, a bit like a pizza. Uh-huh. So you have kind of the crust, which is, you know, the signs. Uh-huh. And then the slices are kind of the houses. And then the, the planets are kind of like the pepperoni. And they just weren't sort of distributed evenly in a way. Yeah. So I guess the crust <coughs> never really... Um, uh, well, no, the slices don't move, but the crust kind of moves depending on when you, where you were born. So your first yeah. house would, you know, naturally it's governed by Aries, but obviously depending on when you were born, that would shift the crust, and maybe it's now in Aquarius or yeah, whatever yeah, that's it is. True, yeah, and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and the understanding that each house is governing sort of certain aspects of your life in a way areas of life yeah yeah and yeah. then the planets mm-hmm. even though natally they would have their own house that they're sort of dependent on they shift depending on when you were born giving more sort of uh importance in or prevalence in an area yeah as it were. yeah that's right yeah yeah so it yeah i think this is the thing though that most people who either don't have an understanding of astrology or who judge it based purely on um the sort of cliche horoscopes or the way that certain signs have been defined and i think it's funny how actually a lot of people or everyone almost knows their sun sign Uh but don't necessarily believe in astrology and maybe feel pigeonholed by the sign yeah and I think especially when people read horoscopes and don't have an understanding that actually I think sometimes your rising has more prevalence than your sun that what they read doesn't really resonate with them and I think things like that tend to put them off and yet when you actually get into reading through astrology and having a deep understanding and checking into your own sort of natal chart and understanding all these sort of complex layers to yourself that astrology takes on a different role like it's like you say it's a bit like a map 
to yeah. your soul yeah. and it's not about defining who you are necessarily but it's a, understanding yeah it yeah. sort of gives yeah, you definitely. a better way to understand because yeah. I know mm. when I've done um readings and as I said I only at the moment predominantly work with um your kind of wounding and your um direction in life and what you're sort of learning to leave behind and I notice in some people's charts there will be say really inherently drawn to relationship but then when I look at their wounding um it's around relationship yeah so they in life are really drawn compulsively almost to yeah. being in partnership and then once yeah. they're in it they yeah. freak the fuck out and run away from it yeah. and yet can't really understand and sort of end up lamenting themselves yeah they don't understand why and that's what that astrology is it gives you the language for understanding why things are the way they are so you know if you know that you can deal with it you can resolve it you can balance it can't you yeah if you don't if you never know why life seems chaotic and random and pretty damn unfair for some people but it's not it, it does have order you know and if you if you use astrology as a language you can see that order i mean you, you know obviously everybody is going to read um you know an astrology chart is a bit like a shorthand map in a way isn't it you know symbols and signs and squiggles and things a bit like shorthand but you and everybody will translate that differently and you know maybe some people need to hear one person's translation and other people will need to hear another person's translation but again I believe you would always be drawn to where you need to go because fundamentally you are here to grow and the universe supports that growth so we've got everything we need really it's like you know we just need to be able to uh i don't know look really just look ask and everything you need seems to you know pop up in front of you i think in your consciousness you know if you kind of ask something even silently it kind it does come yeah yeah i really um it's definitely been really helpful for me and I think it's definitely actually been really helpful in my relationships with other people in whatever capacity because understanding myself at a deeper level has opened me up to understanding other people and when yeah. I look at the charts of um, friends or partners it gives me a greater understanding of them even if they perhaps don't even have that understanding of themselves for themselves yeah so I think that's been really helpful because otherwise that stuff would take place unconsciously and you just wouldn't know why you kept falling into the same patterns or you know you'd have the same patterns in with your next relationship as as the as the one before and the one before that and you you just wouldn't understand would you it's that you astrology enables you to make that conscious that understanding conscious because when you're conscious of something you can do something about it can't you, you bring it into the light of day you can change yeah. grow evolve and that's the point really isn't it that we do think we can do things better that we grow and change and do things better than we did before we get better at the process don't we and mm. i think that's the other thing isn't it is that a lot of the times we like we might see certain things and uh whether it's just in life in our behavior or in the charts where we kind of it's almost like, I wouldn't say we blame, but it's a bit like, say for myself, I have like a lot of fire in my chart mm. and I know I tend to be very sort of um, 
Moody. Yeah. <laughs> Moody, stubborn, <laughs> short-tempered. Um, and I think for some people, maybe even myself in the past, have kind of been a bit like, well, you know, that's just a part of me. And um, almost validating that behavior. Whereas I think with astrology, what it's saying is, this is why you do things, yeah. but it's also saying, yeah. you know, this is what you have to work with and what you have to work yeah. against in order to evolve. Because I think, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, that's the whole point is to grow and evolve. And this is a little bit like, okay, this is, you know, your shortfalls that you came in with. These are your challenges. Uh-huh. This is what's going to come up for you. This is what you've got to work against. And I always think of... um the natal chart's a bit like an Ikea flat pack, you know, um, guidebook of just trying to put a, sort of assemble yourself in a way, yeah. but in a yeah. better way. And it is, but, you know, made me think, like, you've got all that, you have got all that fire. You've got, like, Leo fire, Sagittarius fire, you yeah, know, Aries. yeah, a bit of Aries fire. So, you know, okay, so you've got that fire for a reason. You can either use that fire to torch the things around <laughs> you and burn it all down, scorch, down. singe the hair of your loving mother, <laughs> or you can use it, you know, for something highly productive, you know? Yeah. Where, yeah, to warm people's hearts, <laughs> to inspire them, you know, fire's good, it gets things done, it can warm, inspire, it can create, you know, as it were. I mean, you know, I think there's something, isn't there, about... Um, when ground has been like completely scorched off isn't there something like really good about what grows afterwards or something like that I'm sure Mm -hmm. I've read something like that somewhere something about you know things growing after these terrible well not terrible but you know like um devastating fires that have taken place there's like new good new growth that happens after that in a way so even if you do you know burn everything down around you it's probably part of the process of you know allowing new growth to take place afterwards yeah. isn't it really but that's you also know? very like uranian isn't it that sense of um completely deconstructing something or disassembling mm. something in order to build something new that's better yeah everything can be used for po- more positive reason or a positive reason or a negative reason can't it you know like Uranus can be trauma, but it can also be liberation and freedom. You know, water can be completely drowning and waterlogging, or you can flow along with it and feel absolutely ecstatic. So, you know, everything has a positive and a negative. How are you using it? Are you using it in balance? Or are you being weighed down by it? You know, or, or it, like are you floating on top of that water or are you drowning in it? So everything has a really good reason for being how are you use, how are you using it how are you operating the equipment as it were or the t- you know the things you've got how are you using the elements the elements yeah how are you using the elements yeah, yeah. i guess the idea obviously of um the shadow side and everything yeah that certain aspects or placements or planets aren't necessarily um difficult or negative but it's yeah. just that it has that polarity of um, sort of the the ease or the disease yeah. depending on how you utilize it yeah the challenge yeah to. yeah if something has been hard won you're probably very good at it afterwards you know 
like Saturn can feel like you're not very good wherever Saturn is house and, and sign like you're a little bit like inadequate and you can feel a little insecure about that but actually you know probably after your first Saturn return if you've done your work and you've done it well you're probably going to feel pretty strong about that particular house and sign area really like because it was hard won you know because you recognized that it actually you were pretty good at it you just were different and you didn't recognize you know um you thought it was a weakness but actually it was a strength kind of thing yeah and with saturn so obviously it has um like my chart's mostly brought by saturn mm. with the ascendant but it's can be very obviously depressing um, depressing yeah. constrictive yeah. yeah slow um kind of burdensome in a way yeah but then on the other side obviously so it's ruling the 10th house yeah of almost like career status how you're seen in the world etc yeah. authority so the flip side is also i guess would you consider it like is it other people's authority or your own authority it's supposed to be your own personal authority i mean that's what you're trying to develop there is your own personal authority but if you don't own that you will feel that other people have all the authority and all the power and that they are bossing you around or being stern strict taskmasters to you so you know you wouldn't have that issue if you had owned and claimed your own personal authority and in fact to the degree that you have done that you won't give that power away to other people yeah. You will claim your own status. It will be your status will be natural because you will have you will be at ease with it. You will have claimed it. So you know Saturn does rule, rule you know time, and um, you know like I don't know the patriarchy and history in a way and things like that. So it's it, it is something that has taken a long time to bear fruit. You know it does take time. It is about time. It is about the limitations of time and it is about boundaries. So. You know, if you certain things tend to take time, they tend to feel like a heavy burden. But if you just keep going, like the you know the the mountain goat climbing to the top, you know what is that mountain you want to climb? If you keep going and you're determined and you're focused, you will will achieve that status, and you'll feel really damn proud of yourself for getting to the top as well. You know, it's something you don't give up on that on Saturn because it's got a lot of gifts for you really and once you've done Saturn you know you move on to Uranus which is you, you know your freedom it's like you can break out of the uh, the limitations of the collective you know once you've mastered them but you can't do it before can you you've got to know what you're dealing with to break free of it if you want to afterwards which most people would really right yeah, yeah. <laughs> free yourself you know from the limitations and the restrictions but in to do that you've got to have done the work you've got to like get the you know the Saturn degree as it were you've got to pass the test do the work and then you're free so would you yeah. consider Saturn in that way a bit like the kind of um the headmaster yeah in a way. yeah so yeah where it shows yeah. up in your chart depending yeah. on the house placement is that kind of the bit that you have to master like the lesson yeah in that house so. yeah is... yeah that's where the hard work's going to go on you know so I if that. you have saturn say in the first house yeah is it kind of about your own what conditioning your own beliefs your own sense of self I have actually got Saturn in the first house so I think that f in uh, Aquarius but I think that for me it was more like I felt 
like I was powerless earlier, not now, of course, you know, not at all, but like I did feel powerless. I felt like, you know, was my body a little odd? You know, was I not the same as other people? Um, it brings up insecurities about your physical body in the first house, your autonomy, power and authority, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you would block your own instincts or something like that, you know, I probably, instead of being instinctive and doing what I wanted to do, I probably felt more like I should do things a certain way and that I'd been conditioned to do things a certain way. So just, it's probably where you feel a little bit insecure, really. Okay. And so, obviously then it plays out differently in different houses. Um, so that's obviously how it affects, say, the first house. And we've discussed how it would affect something like the 10th house in terms of your own personal authority. Um, and then, I guess, I mean, each house, like with the fifth, we're talking about, would you say, like... It might be difficult, if you're a woman, it might be difficult to have children. You might feel a little bit inhibited about your self-expression. Think Leo, but restricted, like you just might not feel like you could shine brightly enough. And actually, you would be really good at that. You would just have to work at it as it were you know you just have to do the work and then you would realize actually you were pretty amazing do you think mm. it's a little bit similar to Chiron in the sense of okay so how Saturn <clears throat> plays out in terms of a sense of a struggle or a restriction that you have to overcome in order to gain the authority Personal strength in yeah. that area yeah. is it similar mm -hmm. in that sense in to Chiron except Chiron's talking about something probably that actually happened in a way like or you know like a personal uh, wounding or experience that has affected you that you kind of have to work through process and overcome in order to sort of flourish in mm. that area in a way Chiron is a key and a gift but again it will feel like a wound so in that respect yeah similar but Chiron is a bridge between Saturn and Uranus so it's kind of has elements of Saturn and elements of Uranus to it, but it is a key. So yeah, there's a with Chiron there might be a feeling of trauma and there might be feeling Saturn-like feelings of inadequacy, but somehow there is a gift. Somehow you would find a gift. It's the key. You would find a key between those two things that would take you from Saturn to Uranus. Basically, is a key that would take you from one of those from Saturn to Uranus. Yeah. So when I look at a chart, as I said, I tend to only, not only, but I, I put my main focus in certain areas. So in the same way that you say when you look at a chart, you're looking for Pluto and the nodes. Yeah. And then I sort of do Chiron and the nodes. Yeah. Would you say in terms of Chiron, in terms of it being like the key to unlocking your gift in a way, Yeah. would you perceive it as where it highlights in the chart where, where it shows up what sign what house that it's sort of indicating ultimately your strength or the bit that you maybe actually need to focus on um yeah yeah one of the yeah one of the things that you would need to focus on I suppose yeah it's a key element like Pluto is your soul Chiron is a key to you know all the things that maybe the soul is working on anyway so you know, you can get to the answers focusing on that as much as you probably could in another way. It, it, like we said earlier, 
the messages tend to repeat in myriad different ways you know it's the same message said in different ways so you can enter that doorway somewhere really yeah like everything backs everything up yeah 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 i've definitely noticed that but i really what i think i love about it is um the people that i have done readings for some of whom maybe haven't actually had that much of an interest in astrology but kind of were interested enough to get a reading yeah and then have kind of been blown away how from very little information you have about a person you know their date their and time of and place of birth yeah you can look at essentially a stranger like a stranger's chart and find out quite sort of um like quite deep personal things about them and i think i've had a few people who were shocked yeah shocked and sort of uh, sort of immediately almost uncomfortable of being shown themselves by yeah, a stranger being who, revealed yeah yeah like someone's whipped their veil away so in mm. terms of how to utilize astrology yeah what would you say for individuals who either were interested in astrology who are new to astrology who are already utilizing astrology how do you think that people um, can or should use astrology what can they get from it um understanding like look at it like an adventure you know experiment see what works what doesn't work you just i don't know it's like having a bunch of keys you're just going to try a few keys in a few different locks and some of them will fit and some of them won't you'll find out as you're going along but basically i mean for me i would want to know um who I was why I was here and why certain things happened at certain times and also I remember when I first looked at transits I remember feeling good that you could have a difficult transit say a Saturn Venus transit I'm saying difficult maybe just challenging but that it would begin at a certain time it would have a middle and it would have an end you know that is it shows you that things don't slightly possibly more challenging things don't go on forever and also that you know there are great transits as well they're all good transits of course they are but they're all you know some might be more difficult to contend with than others you know so yeah I think it gives you a great sense of timing a great sense of purpose and understanding mission and purpose really mission and purpose that's what I'd be looking for in it in fact that's what I do look for it you know for myself and others um and then timing of the ripening of certain events as such do you know what I mean like um say something uh is you know going to hit one of your key karmic points you know there's going to be like a resolution of possibly some very strong themes from your birth chart at that time things like that it's information isn't it it's information yeah yeah and if someone was um to pick up astrology now do you have any sort of um, recommendations on any um, books or websites or anything that they can look go to first to sort of start easing them into understanding how to use yeah i would totally 100 percent recommend stephen forrest and stephen forrest astrology because he wrote um the inner sky the changing sky those are like building block books on where to start and then you can go on he also wrote yesterday sky which is all about the nodes um he wrote a book on pluto he collaborated with jeffrey wolf green and they did some lectures which um, went into um, a book i can't remember what the title of that was now but 
he is Jeffrey Wolf Green and Stephen Forrest are both evolutionary astrologers, but Stephen is more um, understandable. He's got a lovely way with language. It, it makes it very clear for you. So I totally recommend Stephen Forrest. But also, you know, for a super deep look at everything, Jeffrey Wolf Green's Pluto One, Pluto Two. Um, and uh, I can't remember what else he's written. His daughter wrote a book as well, but like literally I find Stephen Forrest super easy to read, very clear to understand and really just amazingly insightful about explaining it all. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for chatting <laughs> with me over the dining room uh-huh. table. Uh-huh. I really appreciate You are welcome. Um, and I hope this is a, a sort of almost like an insightful introduction uh-huh. to people in terms of astrology and kind of yeah, yeah, what, yeah. It, what it, it can do fun. for them, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>